everyone, I'm Eric and welcome back to another episode of the Idea Game Podcast. Today, I don't have one guest, but I have two guests. So I have Eric, founding SDR at Falcon, and Nick, senior SDR at People Data Labs. Eric, Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Eric, can you start with introducing yourself, um, Falcon, the buyer personas you are going after, and then the problems you are solving? Yeah. Yeah, happily. So yeah, Eric Einold, work at Falcon. I am a full sales cycle, SDR, AE, the mix of all. Uh, Falcon's unique uh, in the sense that I'm finally working with people like us. So I work in the GTM space. Uh, I use that term fun, but uh, needless to say, so yes, our ICP is the full GTM division, whether it is in marketing, rev ops, uh, sales alike. Uh, but Falcon's awesome. We're tackling full uh, cycle health all the way from top of funnel curation, from pipeline generation, all the way to churn reduction, giving you full insights and automating the prospecting. And what about you, Nick? My name is Nick Phillips, and I'm with People Data Labs. I'm a senior SDR. Um, I've been doing this for a little over two years, which is funny to be a senior at over two years. But in this world, that's I can run the show now. Um, People Data Labs uh, is interesting. It's a raw data provider. So we pretty much work with every industry, but for the most part, investment intelligence, HR tech, identity and fraud, um, where I specialize is in investment intelligence. And so, you know, my ICPs are like venture capitalists, investors, um, investment platforms, and some fraud platforms. Uh, so for the audience today, we're going to talk about, um, if you are listening to this, normally you already see the headline, but uh, we're going to talk about cold calling versus social selling, uh, because uh, we have Eric with only focusing well, only focusing more on the phone uh, than the rest. And then we have Nick, who is focusing a lot on social selling. So you, Nick, uh, let's, start with, uh, let's start with you, Nick. Um, why did you choose uh, social selling as primary prospecting method? And why do you believe it's more effective for you? I think for me, it's more effective um, I, just because I, I love the, um, I love chatting with people on this platform for like LinkedIn and stuff. I like creating those connections and networks. I've always been like a normal, like one of my gifts, I guess, was is always networking with people. And LinkedIn obviously is the best place to network. And so for me, networking, being able to find the right person and then just being myself. So I don't, I don't just start cut, cut and pasting a bunch of uh, scripts and then sending in like hundreds a day um, I'm pretty strategic on who I go after and why I'm going after them. Um, and so that for me, that's why social selling works really well is I've, I've built a network, built, I've built my own brand on LinkedIn. And then I have a huge network of people to reach out to that. I actually try to at least have some kind of engagement with not just people that are my followers that I've never met before, but actually try to interact with people at least once, like even like, you know, Hey, thanks for, adding me to your network or thanks for accepting my invite, that type of stuff. And you, Eric, why calling? Well, contrary to Nick, because that's how I got stuck with this guy. We're like not best friends because he used that approach on my on mine. But uh, no, cold calling, I think, I mean, it's the oldest approach as time aside from door knocking, right? It's where you can evaluate a person's tone, emotion, really get the granular raw data we'll use for lack of a better term. Uh, just to entice like the conversation, uh, pivot structures to uh, conversations and tones and questions that you kind of just gather within a half a second of a response. 
Uh, I also, I mean, I'll, I'll call a spade a spade, like to keep controlling the conversation. Whenever I press send, whether it be on LinkedIn or, or an email, I always feel like I'm, I'm subjected to their time. And <laughs> my wife will attest to this. I, I don't like that. So on the phone, I keep a little bit more control of it and uh, can evaluate a little bit quicker in my personal. Let's start with you, Eric. Did you try other, I imagine you use other channels, but did you try all of them before and then move forward to, to cold calling or, or what was your process with this? So I actually started in fitness, which nobody's on LinkedIn. It's all social media, which I've got a face for the phone. So I, I kind of digress from that. Um, so I was always subject to the phone uh, and it just progressed through when I started my career in SaaS at Jamf. Uh, that was just the, the area of success, of success. So kind of migrated to that pattern and then it's just amplified through and now working in GTM. I mean, we're much more likely to answer a phone than a LinkedIn message. I just feel like it's <laughs> it's now a tainted term. So I I, I, I like to, to not fix what ain't broke, I guess. What do you think about that, Nick? Uh, about what Eric just mentioned about that people are not answering uh, messaging uh, messages on LinkedIn? Well, I mean, honestly, like if you if you talk to Eric, he, he has a gift of gab. And so like it totally makes sense that that would that avenue would work for him um but for, yeah but yeah for me it's definitely social selling <laughs> he also likes to use a lot of gifts so it works for him <laughs> that's true that's true gifts work i sent cookies <laughs> yeah so actually nick same question for you um did you start with social selling or did you start with all channels at the beginning and then move forward to to socialing or what was your process and actually started with a lot of cold emailing so the 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 last place I was at, I was the first SDR and I got to actually build the team and create like all of the, the, um, the sequences and steps on for success. And so for us starting off, it was, a, we had a lot of inbound too. So at the time, like it made more sense to, um, to follow up with emails when people are emailing us with wanting more information. So for me, it just started with cold emailing and then, it, and then I did try different avenues. I tried social selling. I started kind of, kind of doing that a little bit. Um, uh, at one point we were testing out, I think Orem and, um, had a lot of, a larger call volume. And that was kind of, it was kind of cool. Like, I think one thing I do like about like cold calling is if you have the right tools to do it, if you don't have the right tools, it's, it's really, really frustrating, but like if you have the right tools, it makes a big difference. But, um, but yeah, so I tried all the, all the different channels for me, um, cold calling wasn't, wasn't the best. I wasn't the most successful at it, so, but I didn't have anybody like Eric to like really guide me during that time. I have offered time and time again. I call him on Friday, every Friday, <laughs> whether he likes it or not. I called, call him one of my best friends. So yeah, just have to. <laughs> Actually, what about you, Alec? What's your, what's your, what's your preferred between the, uh, the call? We have to end this deb debate. For me, it's a mix of emailing calls and, and, and LinkedIn because uh, right now, I'm focusing like on new personas so, of uh, data leaders, and uh, it's still I think I like prospecting on this persona for the past two months. And I'm trying to see what's working, what's not working right now. Um, so if you think about where I'm more comfortable, it's cold emailing. I would say first, then social selling, and then cold calling. But I'm trying to to improve right now cold calling because um, I want to see if it's working. So I know before the recording, Nick was saying that with data people, cold calling is maybe hard, but I still want to try and see what's working, what's not working, uh, because I'm going after like uh, 
pretty large companies and uh, we have uh, for now have, yeah four percent reply rate uh, so i think it's okay but i can still improve but uh, i want to to see how can i can get info uh, from pro my, my prospects so uh, at Chili Piper, actually, I was focusing a lot on LinkedIn and, and, and cold emailing, not calls. I don't Eric. So sorry about that. So, so basically, you're saying that I won. Okay. I just want to be clear <laughs> that exactly. I won. I'll Make just myself out. <laughs> Eric, sorry. I digress. That's okay. That's all uh, right. But, but yeah, the, the, <laughs> I think it's, yeah, uh, for me right now, it's pretty, yeah, seeing what's working, what's not working. And um, We'll see. I think we're still too early to see what's working or, or not. But I think you make a good point. It really depends on the vertical. Like uh, yeah. when I was working with DevOps and engineers, they, they we, we were the biggest nemesis. So the last thing they're going to do is answer the phone, especially to a number that they don't know. But it still was, yeah, I guess it definitely depends on the vertical. So I'll, I'll throw up the white flag on yeah. that one. <laughs> and something I, I found out so far, but it's not relevant to the channel, but more about if they know the, already the brand, it's pretty e easier for me to start a conversation if it's on the phone or via email. Uh, I don't know, uh, actually, Piper, uh, for example, if we had like a webinar or a, market, a lead from marketing coming, I was going to reach out to them. I know that it's going to, to be like an outbound lead. Actually, it's not because I have a lead from them that I'm going to treat it as, um, yeah, they want to travel them with us. But here, actually, that's something I found out. For example, we had the webinar two months ago, and on the maybe we had um, hundred attendees uh, on the webinar, and I added like twenty of them because the address was not the right address or not the right company. But on twenty, I got I booked like six meetings, so it was pretty, I would say, easier than I thought because in like you, like you, Eric. Uh, selling to CROs or CMOs, I thought it was way harder. But here, because they knew the brand, it was easier to start the conversation. So that's yeah, my, what I found in the past two months about this. Now, let's talk about time management, because um, I want to see how you um, organize your days with uh, cold calling. So let's start with you, Eric. Ah. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is my time management. I used to have hair when I was, you know, just starting. No, <laughs> no, I think uh, so. I think that's that's. I think that's the weakness that I see in a lot. It, it's I shouldn't say weakness. Let me let me revert back. That was my weakness before I was shown the latter side of it. Um, I, I'm one of those that it's immediate gratification, right? I go for the low hanging fruits. I need it now. I need it yesterday, uh, and so I had that squirrel brain, right? That scattered. I didn't feel like progress. I was working a lot, but I was doing a lot of busy work. Um, so Kim Cram actually just posted about this the other day and it really broke it down. It's like, if you don't organize yourself, you're not going to organize your progression. Like it's just, it's going to be sporadic. Uh, and so it really resonated with me and granted I time block, but do I time block efficiency? Like it's even like a skill to time block efficiently. So to make my long story long, uh, to get the statistical analysis of where what's hot, what's not, where your ROI is on your touch points is kind of where I start. Where's people answering? Where are people most likely to? Because of course I'm gonna I'm gonna die on my hill of cold calling. But needless to say, you know, and just track it back and, and make sure that everything is organized and everything is fit. And you know, you got a nice head of hair like like Nick rather than myself. Right, yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's that, the that's that's the social selling in itself. This is cold calling and that's social selling. So maybe maybe well, I social know. selling, you can you know, my profile picture's up there. So I mean that's the moneymaker. <laughs> yeah. 
I put them on LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> How do you organize your day with calls? So do you prep your sessions? Uh, um, what do you do with that, Eric? Uh, for the calls, yeah, pre-call plan is something that I, I coach to everybody as well as myself. Um, <laughs> lack of a better term, I was taught it, it, in my early words. It's like, you don't want to get caught with your pants down, right? You don't want to be asked a question to the ladder of who am I? What is my you know, target audience? Who are you serving? So uh, to have that kind of insight is, I think, what's going to really kind of give you that long game. You can go in with your list of questions, but you're only going to get a list of answers. What you actually get in a pre-call plan is more of like the granular insight, the needs, the wants, the aspirations, the desires, you know, and, and all the stuff that you can't really directly ask. So uh, I think having that is the quintessential point. And then again, stacking against the odds, making sure, <laughs> making sure you just got a, a smile on your face for all the all the other all the other components that uh, we won't talk about at this moment, but uh, but yeah. And the unique, well, how do you organize your day with social selling? So do you have a specific schedule that you have every day? So I don't know, you the first hour you had people to, for you, you send connection requests or what's your process? So it's, it's similar to Eric's, like I do have to block out specific times for specific tasks. Cause I know that before, maybe it's just all of our sales brains, but especially working remote too, that it's, you get that squirrel brain where you like, just keep bouncing. Like you're going to reply to this email. Then you're going to go touch on this person in LinkedIn. Then you're going to go follow up with a call. And then by the end of the day, you're just like, I kind of did work today, but I don't really know what I did and I can't quantify it because I was just bounce around. So for me, um, it's, it's blocking out the time. So for instance, I work with a bunch of different um, AEs and so to follow up with like their accounts specifically, I might block out like an hour or 45 minutes that I'm just working on that AE's account. And then another time I might block out like, okay, I'm going to go for through this leads list. Cause you know, we have a million different leads lists that we're all supposed to focus on all at once, but I break my week down. So that way I know that, okay, for these two days, I'm going to work on these lead lists. Um, I'm going to do some blocking for cold calling, even though I don't do it. I'm also going to do some time for my outreach tasks. Um, but for me, that helps That helps him at least know that, okay, I have a plan and I'm not just going to let the day dictate how it's going to go. I'm going to say, okay, well, at least I have some parameters. Yes, it's pretty similar to me. So I'm working with two A's and one is working on the for California and then the other one, France and Spain. And uh, it's pretty, like, pretty similar to you. It's tough to balance both uh, accounts, the, the accounts of both uh, A's. And um, so what, how do you prioritize that actually? How do you, what do you do? I, <laughs> it depends. This, this might sound bad if any AEs are listening, but if, if an AE wants to work with me and we have a good relationship, I will prioritize them over anybody else. If an AE doesn't want to work with me, <laughs> that's, that's not, I mean, that's to me the lowest priority. So, um, so I just, I just kind of like, if they work well, then that's going to rise up to the top. But also it just, it depends on the scheme. Like is if I have a good plan to go after the right amount of people, cause I can't spend all my day on like three companies cause that's only going to net me maybe three meetings. Right. So I need to be able to spread it out. Um, so really it's just working. It's, it's partnering and looking learning who you work well with and, and who you don't. What are some unique techniques you've used to stand out and capture attention uh, on LinkedIn, for example, Nick? 
I generally try to honestly like be a nice guy. So if somebody, if, if somebody, if I'm requesting a connection request, if I try to put a message in there, like, you know, like, Hey Eric, I'm really sorry about your balding head, but I'd love to connect with you. Something like that. Lying. <laughs> what was the term I used? Follically challenged. Follically challenged, I think. And see, and from then, then now you're like, I have to be connected to that guy. But, but that's what I do to stand out, though. For reals, like I, I really do try to find something. Like, like honestly, I have three kids, and so if I see somebody else that has a title like, you know, dad times two or dad or something like that, I'll just share that I'm a dad too and love to connect that kind of thing. And so, getting a little bit a little bit more personal rather than just, you know, the, the canned, I think LinkedIn had canned one, like, I'd love to add you to my network. <laughs> that one doesn't work as well. You said that, for example. So can you give other examples that you're looking for? I guess in my social selling, um, it's, it's a mix of different things. So the social selling isn't just on LinkedIn. It's going to be multi, you know, multiple touches, multiple threading. It's going to be a lot of other things that go to, with that. Um, so I might, in LinkedIn, I might reference like, hey, hey, Eric, just sent you an email and just wanted to follow up to make sure you got it or vice versa, like shoot him an email saying, hey, I sent you a connection request. Just want to see if you got it. Just kind of using those little pieces in tandem, um, I found like works really well. And to follow up too, I think a lot of SDRs make the, um, I mean, the mistake of going after so many different people and when you're going after like 1500 people a week, you don't remember like who responded to an email or if you, pro if they did respond to get back to them, um, yeah, trying to scale it back and be more strategic. Actually, what do you do to keep track uh, of, of those prospects? Uh, meaning that, um, making sure you are following up with us. Um, I use like, we use outreach, so I'll use reminders. So I'll set myself a reminder to follow up. It's just, kind of using the tools that you have, like even if you don't have any tools, then just going into like Gmail or uh, your Google calendar and adding a task or a reminder. That's, I mean, that's really the only way that, for me to keep me on track. Oh, that's, a, that's a good way. Uh, same, I'm using the reminder of, of sales love, but also I'm using Notion to keep, I, like, um, I have like a mini CRM for me where I'm keeping track of where my accounts are in, in the, my prospecting process. Um, now, Eric, let's talk about you. Um, uh, let's talk about cold calling. So what, uh, what um, are some unique techniques you've used to stand out and capture? I like to fly out to their homes and knock. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I think, uh, <laughs> I think to what Nick's point, you have to use a multi-medium. I think I, I saw someone use that, that term, which I loved. It, it's a combination of all three. So I, I essentially lean on cold calling as the hook, line, and sinker. But really, it's the preparation coming into that. So I'll send out an email. I'll, I'll put a face to the name, as, as Nick says it. I'm not as creative as my messaging, so I'm going to have to take you up on, the, on your sweet wisdom. Uh, but I think the final, the final mark, if I may, would be the call. So essentially, they, they're familiar with my name. They're familiar with the, the outreach and the message that I'm eventually going to allude to. Uh, so as far as techniques go, um, it's still a little gray area with uh, texting. Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to secure a pretty hefty deal this way where... Maybe it's a story for another time, but texted a high C-suite of a rideshare company. And it was just, I kind of had the case of the, what can I lose at this moment? There may have been a beer or two involved, but it, it warranted into this great ordeal where he actually responded back, uh, complimented my unique approach and, and whatnot. So I, I kind of used that as a, a more of like a Hail Mary at the end of the day. So 
I think I think it's a mixture of all, but then you know the the classic double tap or even uh, text message or stuff like that. It's it's I guess it's you know there's no one secret to the mix, but yeah. as creative as Nick was. When you say text message, uh, at what point do you text a prospect? I traditionally, so now I've been reading a little bit more that states have been getting a little bit uh, stricter uh, or more strict on the laws of cold texting. So there has to be some sort of correspondence beforehand. Uh, whether that be true or not, I haven't. But um, I would use it kind of more so, like some people say in their direct message, like, hey, you know, I prefer a text. Okay, you asked for it. Um, but of course, nonetheless, I also think about it like when you leave a voicemail, most people aren't listening to their voicemails anymore. They're, they're reading it like a text message. So instead of leaving one and, you know, whispering my sweet nothings, might as well just shoot them the same thing and just give them a quick synopsis, just like I would allude to in a, in a message over LinkedIn or something, sweet to the point and related to the next phone call. Actually, if I decided to talk about uh, a story about the, the deal you mentioned, so can you share um, a recent meetings you've booked uh, with cold calling? I think the ones that, I, I, that resonate with me more are the ones that I actually don't book the meeting with, which may sound a cliche, but okay. like... I've kind of switched my gears from going into the objection of, I need to book a meeting, right? That I need to, that's going to be the end result. That's the objection. That's my one line of path. Uh, I've stepped back and kind of going, I've got a list of questions that I need to have answered because eventually this is going to give the platform to the, the deal or the op or whatever. And so coming with the objection of going, I need to gather information. I need to understand. I want to learn. I want to, I want to get some clarity. Um, and so I genuinely come in there and I have, I guess, a list of questions, but just the sheer curiosity. And if it results in a meeting, cool, I get a bonus point for it. Um, but really the, the, the most recent one was one that I actually didn't book a meeting immediately with them, but they gave me the keys to the castle. He gave me everything from the floor down, what they liked for lunch, what's a preferred cologne. I mean, gosh, their daughter's quinceanera, you name it, that he gave me the keys to the castle. In which case, I later relayed with just a sweet little, hey, I spoke to and he told me in your direction. And without like going much more into more detail, he's going, cool, let's talk on, on another time. Um, and now, now that deal has been cured into something that I, I'm just having a blast working through. And, and I think it's also the repertoire and the cadence that I've built up. And so, again, it's more of the lack of objection, more of the curiosity that's kind of built up um, a, be a better foundation. I really like that because that's that's what I'm trying to do here um, at Castor, because the uh, I don't know for you Nick, but uh, for data people, I think it's pretty hard to find like something you can use to be relevant, um, because if you compare to marketing leaders or sales leaders, they are less active on social media, so it's hard to you know to find something. So right now, what I'm trying to do is to talk with someone on their team, maybe not the VP, well, VP but like um, an IC and getting some information from them and then reaching out to, to the right person uh, with the information. So yeah, I think that's pretty good way. So because you are, when you're reaching out to the right person, you, you know what's relevant to them. So uh, I can't hear you, Nick. Uh, How embarrassing. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Nick, I think there's a mic button on the bottom. So, there you go. Well, I think died, though. There you go. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just go through my my computers. I was gonna say one of my favorite things to do is um, is when they don't answer and I get to leave a message, then I'll, I'll follow up with an email that says like missed call, and then 
in, in, in lowercase, and then just say, you know, hey, Elric, I just left you a voicemail. No, no need to call me back. Just wanted to see if you had some time to meet up or um, something really, really uh, short. And I think it's like a pattern interrupt because I've had a lot more success with leaving a voicemail and then just following right up with an email. Um, I think people just think, oh, I missed a call. I'm going to ignore it. And then get an email that says missed call that almost looks like it was sent to them. <laughs> and it's, um, yeah. And then people will, will book after that. Yeah, I love the doing that actually also to, I think we are, we agree on this, the, the three of us to using different channels to, <laughs> Uh, to, to engage with, with our prospects. So, uh, Nick, let's talk about a recent meetings you've booked that you want to share uh, with the audience. I'll share one that I just booked while we were on this call. Um, that So I, I was trying the multi-thread approach. I had sent a few emails to a customer, our prospect, and um, it was on behalf of one of our, our VP of innovation. He actually said, hey, reach out to this guy in this company. I started doing that, but I wasn't getting any luck. So then I forwarded the email thread to our VP and said, hey, can you just kind of tag tag you know me in this, kind of give it a bump? And um, he did that. And the person actually just responded and said, let's meet while we're on this call. Which is what Eric was like, how embarrassing would that be if you did that while on this call? So I just want to throw that. Living the luck. Oh my gosh. I can't with this guy. He's like, he's like the brother you never wanted. You know what I mean? Like he just, just (laughs) (laughs) two dudes from Idaho. No, that's, I think that's a pretty relevant story to share on the episode. So thanks uh, for for doing this. Now let's talk about, um, what's the biggest biggest mistake you've seen um, as they are doing on social, with social saying, Nick, and what they can do also to change that? I, th- I think it's the scale. I think a lot of SDRs think that they have to spam an entire company and just cut and paste the same generic, um, like either message that they're sending to connect, but they're sending it to so many, like 50 people at a company instead of the three people you actually need to talk to, right? So they might they might not understand their ICP as well. That's the other thing is if they don't know who to talk to, so they're just gonna spam most of the company and just hope that somebody will respond, which, you know, the old school thought would, would be the same of like how many cold calls you make, how many cold emails, you know, eventually somebody, like there's a statistic that goes with each of those, but I think that's a little bit different now, especially with like the Google rules and with privacy and stuff. It just, it doesn't seem like it's a good, um, a good use of time to just spam everybody. So that's one thing I see a lot of people doing is um, going after the wrong people <laughs> that, that have no, like have no need for your product because you accidentally emailed like the janitor at the company. That was one time, dude. One time, <laughs> but it's one too many. <laughs> Reaching out to the right people, right? obviously it's sometimes that people think it's like a simple advice, but I think it's, you, you don't see that you won't get results if you're not reaching out to, to the right people. And uh, that's something I've learned a lot from my previous roles that you, you can waste a lot of time by reaching out to the wrong people. So yeah, that's a really good one. What about you, Eric? Um, yeah. What's the biggest I, mistake? I can't believe the words are coming out of my mouth, but I totally agree with Nick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that sincerely. Like, uh, it, when, whenever like we're measured on 
producing, right, on results. So how do I get the most bang out of my buck? Well, I'm going to cast a wide net. I'm going to play the law of averages, like Nick was saying. If I make 100 calls and I'm bound to at least get X amount of meetings, like it's just, it's playing that spray and pray game, right? And and I, I look at it as like blindly knocking on someone's door and just going, tell me what your problem is. Well, that doesn't work today. Like it, it doesn't, it's not the same game. So it's like, you're playing T-ball while we're playing pro ball. Like, you know, you got to catch up a little bit. Um, so I always try to you know, at least guide, I don't want to say instruct, but I always kind of give the suggestion of taking a step back, pre-vetting, like, like I said, with a pre-call uh, plan, pre-vetting, just going through a checklist. Is it the right persona? Like he was saying, ICP, is it the messaging that is unique or relevant? It takes a couple minutes to find relevancy. Really? It's not like, and I feel like people are like, oh my goodness, I don't have the time because I need to. And it's like, that to me is, and I'm going to go on a tangent because I feel passionate about this, a lack of leadership instilling the efficient rather than the quantity. Yeah. You know, and it really kind of boils down to, well, I want them to enjoy my product, you know, it, benefit from it. But then also I don't want to waste anybody's time. Like I'd rather build bridges than burn bridges. All right. I'm ranting, but I feel very passionate about that. So I, I, I can't believe I say it, but I concur with Nick. And this is recorded. That's why I throw it out. <laughs> if you want yeah. Eric, you you can, first. I, I can remove this part of the episode if you want to. I'm fine with it. <laughs> now, let's talk about the last question uh, of the show today. So let's start with you, Eric. Um, what advice would you give to a smart and driven new SDR who try to improve on cold calling? Uh, don't reach and connect with Nick on LinkedIn would be my first and quintessential one. Uh, no, uh, this, this sounds cheesy, but, but get with somebody who's done it. Um, I see, I see a lot of people and something that I struggled with when I was first adapting. It's like, just try it, find your, find your groove, you know, you'll get it. And very much like a self-sourcing kind of situation, which, you know, you can wind up like Nick and, and rely only on social selling, which, you know, we see how that goes. Um, <laughs> I mean, but no, I, I would say that, you know, there's so many resources and, and to the nativity of LinkedIn and the power that it actually brings connect with somebody, you know, it's like, it, I was, I love coaching, right? I used to coach physical fitness. I, that's something that I love to do. And so I love giving tidbits, you know, and, uh, and, and to Nick as well, as much as I like to give him rash, like he's taught me so much that, you know, I tried to, to not give him too much credit, but, uh, it is to re reach out and be with somebody that has done it what's working, what's hot, what's not, you know, that's the cliche, um, yeah. because the times are changing, right? Like what worked three weeks ago may not even be relevant today. Like it's so fast in the transition, especially in this economy. Like you, you've got to work smart, not hard. So utilize who do you, um, who do you recommend to follow, uh, right now to connect with this guy named Eric? He's uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ronan and Tom Sulkin. Uh, so Ronan Passar and Tom Sulkin are, are two good friends of mine that, uh, that we've done a couple cold calling clashes. Uh, Colin Mitchell, I actually be on his cold calling podcast tomorrow. Uh, th those are three guys that I think emulate the game and they're quick adapters, but they're also great at teaching, right? I, I see a lot of people being able to do it and they're like, follow my style. And this is only, they're like, well, let's take a step back. Right. And they, and they really emulate that leadership form that I, that I respect and, and I, I've, I've gained a lot of insight through. So. What about you, Nick? Um, same question, but for social thing, um, what advice would you give to a smart and new driven? Don't pay for help, especially in, so, especially in social selling. I have seen so many people try to monetize, like they had a good quarter. So then they want to like sell the, their templates or they want to sell all these resources. 
And some of them, I mean, legit, like if you've had lots of success, then yes, let's emulate that. But a lot of people maybe just have a good quarter, a good half, you know, half the year, and then all of a sudden they're an expert. There's a ton of information on LinkedIn on all of the topics like cold calling, cold emailing, social selling, like all of that. And, and it's all free. Like if you go to like Gong's resources, Gong has a ton of stuff. HubSpot has a ton of stuff. If you follow people like, um, like Tom Slocum or um, uh, Jed Marley, like at Mailshake, like those people have tons of free resources that you don't have to pay for that you can implement right away. Um, and then to follow up with that, something that I fall into is just over analysis. So then I'll, I'll see like, oh man, Jed just said to switch up my emails this way. So then I want to create a new sequence and um, tweak these emails. And then another person says this, another person says this. And pretty soon I'm almost like to have that analysis paralysis where I'm like, I don't even know what to do at the moment because I want to change everything. So my advice, get the free resources and then try something like for a week, but stick to one thing for a week. Like if you're going to follow Jed Marley on Mailshake, just listen to his podcast or um, his free resources and then just try it for a week and then the next week try somebody else but don't do everything at once because you just can't do it but don't pay that's right <laughs> right don't pay for it I'm subscribed to everybody <laughs> it's a really good point what you mentioned because yeah um, it's not because you get like one quarter that's working um, well for, for everyone so yeah I think that's a really good one yeah, and then to, to piggyback and not to elaborate too much, but the A-B testing that Nick's saying, stick with it for a while. You know, the um, you know don't run without your shoes tied, but at the same time, just fill out the shoes. Like, I hate cliches, but it's so true that it, you, you got to give it time. Don't quick pivot. And, and if it doesn't work, cool, try it again. Yeah, try it again. Well, Eric, Nick, uh, thank you so much for being on the show today um, and to talk about this topic calling versus social thing so but before we end the episode um do you have one last thing you want to share with the audience let's start for you nick if you're a vc book a meeting with me right after this um, that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the investment intelligence shameless plug oh my god that was awesome he books a meeting on the podcast and then he's asked oh god classic <laughs> this is why we're friends i like it, I like it. <laughs> That would be my tidbit. I, I don't. I mean, I think we covered everything, but a shameless plug is my tidbit for the end. You, Eric. Well, I'm going to say if you're not a VC, do, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, um, something that I'm always trying to trying to give back is 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 stay, staying away from the shy nayers, right? Or the the naysayers, I guess is what I should say. Uh, if you're looking to post, I mean, that's I think how we wound up on this this podcast. And fortunate enough to to meet these guys is that we we just we tried, you know. Uh, it started with one post. I had a lot of naysayers in my corner and I, I just had fun with it. And so if you're thinking, sitting back and just going, hey, what the heck is, you know, what can we lose? Go for it. Ping one of us. We'll support it the whole way through and and uh, and to keep on seeing that emulated too. But yeah, if you're if you're a director, gosh, what is it? VP, RVP, if you're anybody above, like, no. <laughs> if you just want to hang out with me, like, you know, throw time. Might... <laughs> we live in Idaho, man. There's not a lot of people. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm stuck with this guy. Come on. That's right. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate you, uh, yeah, you bringing right. us on. Of course. Eric, Nick, thank you so much for being on the show today. All right, bro. Thanks so much. Thank you.